Well, I want to thank y'all for being here this morning. As y'all see, we're shy, quite a few people. I know we've got uh, two up here on the stage are out sick. Or both of them play the guitar. Uh, we've got a number of people right now. We've got some that's out of town. And anyway, it's just one of those things that happens. And the one thing about it, God's here. So, you know, I've, I've always said, you know, God told us in His Word, "Where two or more are gathered in My name, My presence is there." So, and you know, if something was brought to my attention, <laughs> seem to think that this side of the church over here is probably where the sinners sit. Isn't that right? So, uh, hey, hey, you know, a saints are over here. So I'm, I'm, if y'all will notice, I'll probably be standing like this preaching. So, no, seriously, we're so happy that y'all are here and uh, are here. We just hope that uh, get people back. Uh, a number have had that COVID stuff and this and that. I mean, it just seems like every time you turn around, the devil hits us. And uh, but the Bible says. Through Jesus Christ, we have already defeated Satan. So we just got to start claiming it now and claiming for our people to get back. And uh, I'm talking to Debbie here this morning. She's kind of started doing some a little work at a store. And she says she's always talking to people in there and inviting them to church. So I'm, I'm, I know they're going to be here. If she's doing it, they're going to be here. And uh, if not, she said she'd drag them back. But well, we've had a number of people that, that were here, and some for some reason, they just get back into the world. Things become more important than God. And later on, they're going to see this. I hope it's not too late before they realize, hey, I need God a whole lot more than I need the world. So, please just remember, God loves you. He wants you in his house. He wants to bless you. But you know, God's got all kinds of blessings stored up. But you've got to let him bless you. He's got the blessings. And he wants to give them to you. But you've got to let him. And, uh, but my message this morning is short. And uh, after, after the uh, service, we're going to do communion. We always do it the first Sunday of every month. I like to do it like that because sometimes... You get busy doing this, doing that, and you can kind of maybe get sidetracked and not forget about communion. I never want to forget about communion. What is communion? Communion is simply doing a memorial service, really, to Jesus for what he did on the cross for us. And that's what the communion represents. We're thanking Jesus for getting on that cross and dying, let's say, in our place. He took our place. We rightfully are the ones that deserve to be on that cross. In my sermon this morning, I, I've called it Christ, our mediator. You know, you've got Christ standing in for you. You've got Christ praying for you, to the Father. He's our mediator. And I'm going to read a scripture here. Actually, it's 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. He says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. That man is Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all of us to be testified in due time. Okay, wait a minute. What does it mean to be testified? 
If I ask somebody if they got a testimony, what do you do? You stand up and you testify about something that you know to be true and a fact that God did in your life. That's what this is saying. At one time, we're all that knows Jesus Christ are going to be testifying, and should be right now, of what Christ has done and is doing in our life. We should be giving him all credit, all glory, all praise for everything that, that, that we, that we, that's, that's a blessing to us. And I know sometimes he also has to inflict a little punishment. We get out of hand. God does not mind at all straightening us out. And why? Because he does it for our own good. God knows at times we all need discipline. I know I do. My mother and daddy made sure I had it. And you know, and well, I discipline. At the time, it's not pleasant. But afterwards, you're glad they did. But I could have went a several different ways, but I didn't. Because of discipline and what my parents did. So, that's kind of like Christ. We will go through discipline. When we become disobedient, we don't listen to him. We want to do things our way. He knows it's going to hurt us. And he will do things in your life to draw you back to where you need to be. And if you and we'll look back at our life, we're always, always glad that he did. Because we see where we could have been instead of where we are. And uh, he says he is our mediator. Okay, again, what is a mediator? A mediator, a, this is out of the dictionary. It said, a mediator is someone who attempts to help people who are involved in a conflict come into an agreement. They mediate. Well, see, when Christ came, he was our, he is, and he still is our mediator between us and God. We were sinners. Most of us still are. And Jesus come in, took our place. He said, God, my Father, I will go to that cross in their place. I will sacrifice myself, shed my blood. Lord, if they will accept me, if you'll forgive them and receive them unto yourself. Jesus Christ was our mediator, and he paid the price for us. You know, I'm going to look at something in a minute, and we probably hadn't thought about it like this. But, uh, whether we realize it or not, salvation actually is not free. It costs something. No, I know the Bible says you can't work for it, you can't buy it. But that's not what I'm talking about. Jesus paid the biggest debt that could ever be paid for us. He bought our sacrifice through his blood and through his death. He did it for us simply because He loved us. You know, our salvation, our redemption had a very high price. It says, for we were bought, it says we are not of ourselves, but we belong to God because we were bought with a high price. And he's talking about the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. He paid the ultimate price for our salvation. And, uh, Many times we forget the price of salvation because we were not the ones who paid the price. 
We, we were not the ones that paid the price for our salvation. Jesus did. You know, in Romans 6.23, it tells us what the cost of wages of sin are. We don't really think about it. It's a very high price that's paid. The wages of sin is death. Well, it's a high price. The wages of man's sin is death. It's just like, you know, most of us, a lot of us work or used to work. Some of us are retired and some of us are still working. But, you know, each day we went to earn an a, a wage. Did you realize wages? Sin is paid a wage. The sin in our life is paid a wage. And that's death. That's what we owe. Romans 6.23 tells us what the cost is of what Christ did. The wages of sin is death. That's, and that's, what, that's what sin charges you. Death. It's not true. Some of sin, I admit, some sin can be a lot of fun. To last just a few minutes. you just paid wages to Satan. And those wages are death because of your sin. And that is exactly why Jesus came. You know, the wage of death that we pay is death. Sin is. The wage of sin is death. And we have all been thrown into a debt that we cannot pay. You can't pay it. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough. We cannot pay that debt ourselves. We needed help. Anybody ever have get into, say, a debt that you had to go and borrow money or something to help to pay that debt? Well, we didn't have to go borrow any money. And we was in one of the worst debts you could ever be in. And that was the debt of sin. You know, eternal life is a gift from God, no doubt about it. But do you realize that salvation cannot be a gift unless it's paid for? God's salvation, that gift had to be paid for. Somebody had to pay that gift for that gift. Someone had to pay the price for our gift of salvation. When someone gives you, like, okay, you got a birthday, somebody gives you a gift. Well, it was free to you. Somebody had to pay for that gift to give it to you. Someone chose to pay for something that they did not owe or they did not have to buy and give it to you. See, the giver of our gift was Jesus Christ who paid for our ransom. We were helped ransom. We were helped for ransom by sin. And Jesus Christ was the only one that could pay it. Otherwise, our payment would have been death. That's the only way we could pay for it, is through our death. We were not, we didn't, we were not able to do any kind of negotiation on our part. We weren't able to. We didn't have the, we didn't have the power to, to negotiate. 
The ransom had to be paid. Because we earned it. It's just like a wage. It has to be paid because you work. You earned it. Same thing with sin. We earn that sin and we're going to have to pay it. You know, the ransom had to be paid and the sinner could not pay it. We couldn't pay it. The only hope that we had was a mediator. Somebody help us pay that sin. Or that sin, that wage that we owed sin. Someone that could come and stand between us and Almighty God. Somebody had to come and stand up for us. They had to stand before God. Thank God that we had somebody to do that. You know, and there was only, and, and two, there was no one worthy at that time to do it. For the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is not one person on this earth who has not sinned. As much as you try to be good, as much as you try to do right, you're going to sin. You've got an enemy out there just hovering over you, waiting for that one little opportunity to jump on you and cause you to sin. See, Satan knows where your weakness is. He knows what you will fall for. And he knows how to come to you and tempt you. Now, i got to admit, temptation, some temptations are hard to pass up. A lot of people don't pass it up. When we are tempted, God said, listen, if you will serve me, when the temptation comes, I will make a way of escape. I'll make a way of escape for you. How many of us know what that way of escape is? That way of escape is His Son, Jesus Christ. When we accept Christ into our life, you, you realize that that day you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, something took place in your life. That day you said, Lord, I am a sinner. I have sinned. Forgive me and come into my life. First thing Jesus Christ did, will send you the Holy Spirit. The Comforter. The one who leads and guides you as you walk through this life, if you'll let him. He's, he's with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is with you constantly, watching over you. He can help you to get out of trouble if you'll let him. You know, many times... We want, we'd rather, we'd like to try that, we'd like to try that temptation, should we like it. It's tempting. It's tempting, the way the devil brings it to you. Look at Eve, how he, how he tempted her with that fruit. We all call it an apple. The Bible doesn't say it's an apple. It says it's a fruit. People just don't believe it's an apple. He didn't say... I agree with God when he said, if you take of this apple, you shall surely die. Now, most of us were thinking physically. Probably that's probably what Adam and Eve were thinking. But, but God wasn't talking about physically at that time. 
if you're talking about spiritually. When we neglect God in our life, and we don't repent of it, and we don't get back to where we should be, we die spiritually a little bit each time that we sin and neglect God. And we don't think about it. We don't think about what we are doing, you know. But like I said, Romans uh, 3.23 said, For all, every single one of us, have fallen short of the glory of God. We've disappointed God. He didn't intend for us to live like this. He didn't intend for our life to be like this. Do you realize that if, if Eve and Adam hadn't sinned, there'd be no death, there'd be no sickness. There was none of that until, what, sin entered. Adam and Eve never talks about them being sick or anything else. God blessed them. Matter of fact, it even said that in the cool of the evening, God would come down and walk with them, have conversation with them, visit with them, until they got into sin. Then they tried to hide from God. How many of us try to hide from God at times? Oh, God, I've done something wrong. I've, I've got to, I, can't, I can't get to God. I know He's not listening to me. He's not paying attention. Yes, He is. He knows you've sinned. He knows what you've done, how you've done it, when you've done it. But the thing we've got to do is when you do it, not if, but when, first thing you've got to do is fall on your face before God. There's scripture in the Bible, and I use it a lot, because we all need it. 1 John 1 9. Therefore, we will confess our sins. Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness or all sin in our life. See, God put that scripture in the Bible just for us. He knew we were going to sin. He knew that we needed a way to get back to Him. And Jesus Christ is that way. When we come to Jesus and we have made a mistake and we fall on our face before Jesus and you truly mean it in your heart, not just because somebody saw you do it, because you truly mean it and you feel and you know you need to repent. God hears you. He hears you. And He forgives us. He cleanses us and restores us back to Him. That's how much He loves you. That's exactly how much He loves you. You know, and there was, and He said, you know, there was only one choice, one hope for us, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only hope we had to have our sins forgiven. Christ came as a mediator that stood between us and God. He said, God, my Father, I will take the people's punishment upon myself. I will put their sins upon me. Punish me. Punish me instead of them. Punish me. God agreed. God agreed. You know, God knew that this was going to happen, so God sent us a mediator. Uh, we had a, a mediator born, and that was Christ our Lord. He was born just, just like how simply everything that he, that he came to us. He was born in a manger, born to a virgin. He had to be pure. He had to be holy. He had to be holy. 
He was born of a mother that had never, ever been with a man. There was no sin in her. Jesus was born without sin. And he's still without sin. He never sinned. All the time he walked this earth, he said he was without sin. He never sinned. That's why he can do what he does and why he can do what he did for us. He had no sin. He had no sin. So our mediator was born, and he was the only begotten son of Almighty God. The only one who was worthy and came and stepped in for us to take our place. Well, we don't even think about all that Christ did just for us. It just goes over our head. We, you know, if we want to just really sit down, pray, talk to God, read Scripture, and see what Jesus did for us, it'll blow your mind. How could he do that for us? Simply because of his love. We don't understand the love of God. We never will. We don't have it. But God does. He wants to share that with us. He wants to give us his love. But Jesus came and he hung on that cross of death in our place for our sins. He took our place for something we rightly deserve. He says, Father, let me do it. Let me do it, Father. Let me do it for them. Let me show them how much we love them. He suffered and died in our place. He gave himself as that ransom that sin required. Death had to take place. That was, that, that was sin's wages, death. It had to take place, place to pay for sin. If there was no death, no shed blood, sin would not have been paid for. Not have been faithful. And now, because of Jesus, the gift of eternal life is now, now offered to us free. Why? Because it has been totally, completely paid for. You don't have to pay nothing. Christ paid the full debt for us. We don't have to pay anything. He paid it. Christ. And he paid it for anyone, for anyone who would believe and surrender and follow the Son of God who set you free. If you will accept Jesus Christ into your life as your, as your Lord and your Savior, he'll pardon you, he'll free you. I don't care how much work you do now or all the good things you do, it's not going to pay for your salvation. Salvation has been paid for only if you accept Jesus Christ. Jesus told us, For I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come into the Father but through me. What he's saying is you cannot come into the presence of God unless you accept me as your Lord and as your Savior. I came. I paid your debt. I paid that high price that you owe me. I did it for you. But now you're going to have to pay me back. You know, there's always a problem. You have to pay back a debt, don't you? And the only way we can pay that debt back is by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in our life and following Him. Believing in Him, serving Him, walking with Him, faith in Him, 
That's the only way. You owe a debt. I love that song. We owed a debt we could not pay. And he paid a debt that he did not owe. He didn't owe us a thing. Except he loved us. And he wants us someday in heaven with you. And that's the only way you're going to get there is through Jesus Christ. By your faith and your belief in him and serving him. Otherwise, like I've said before, I hope you've got a really, really good asbestos suit. God says you have two choices in this life. That's him or hell. No other choices. You can't straddle a fence. Well, I'll just I'll just sit here and I'll straddle this fence until later on I maybe kind of make up my... What if something happens in the meantime and you have not accepted Christ? Straddling the fence don't get you to heaven. Only God can get you to heaven. That's the only way. No other way. Jesus Christ, I love it. He said, and, and, and that just irks me to no end. When a preacher says, oh, there's probably several ways to heaven. No, there's not. One way. And that's Jesus Christ. I don't care how hard you work. How much money you got. All the good deeds you do. The good deeds are good. But it won't get you to heaven. Only Jesus Christ's blood. He paid your debt. He paid the debt that we owe. He's the only way to heaven and to eternal life. And then we ask, I'm going to finish up right here. And we ask, why did Jesus do all this for me? Why did he do it? I want three scriptures. Pretty well explains everything of why Jesus died for us. And, and, and one of them is a scripture that every one of you know it. You've, it's probably maybe the only scripture you know, but you know this scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if you would believe in him, you would not perish, but he would give you everlasting life. Because God so loved you is why Jesus came. Strictly out of love, he didn't come owing you anything. He came because he loved you. And it goes on here in verse 17, John 3, 17. John 3, 17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn us. He didn't send Jesus to condemn us. But that the world through him may be saved, or may can receive eternal life into heaven. That's the only reason he came. He didn't come to condemn us. We condemn ourselves by unbelief. Unbelief will condemn you. Really, just because I didn't. Well, let's look at this next scripture. John 3, 18. He that believes on Jesus is not condemned. You're free. You're not condemned. Romans 1, chapter 18. For now there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. We're not condemned. If we have Christ in our life and we walk after Him or, 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 or having Him in our life, not following the flesh, 
which is this earthly part that you see on the outside, but you walk in the Spirit. What does it mean walking in the Spirit? In the very Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that is in you. Let Him guide you and lead you. <clears throat> and then He goes on to say, but He, I told you, you have to believe. What happens if I don't believe? Well, you're fixing to hear. But he that does not believe is condemned already. You're already under the wrath of God because you don't believe. See, and I've said this and I've said it and it's the truth. And that is why we're fixing to have a tribulation. Unbelief, not following God, putting God down, laughing, mocking his son, not believing in his son, saying the things that a lot of people say about his son, that came and gave his life, his very life for us, and we're not even thankful. God now is angry. God is fixing to pour his wrath out on this whole world, and it's getting closer and closer every day. God is angry. How would you feel if your son or daughter did what Jesus did, helping to other people, even dying for them, and then make fun of them, laugh at them, how would you feel? Have you ever thought about that? You'd be angry. You'd be mad. You'd want to get a hold of that person. Well, God's going to. God's going to. We finish up as he says here. Those that do not believe, they're condemned already. Because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You didn't believe Him. You didn't believe in Him. You don't believe what He did for you. You don't believe He died for you. God says, you will before it's over. You will. And you're going to be, we're going to be, those that have never accepted Christ. Do you all realize, and I've said it before, you realize how many people in hell right now if you then what they know now, hell would be empty. Hell would be empty. There ain't nobody there. Everybody would accept Jesus Christ. Once you get a taste of hell, you're going to, first time, why didn't I believe? Why didn't I listen to that preacher when he told me? Too late. You're there. And they say hell has no exit signs. You can't get out. It's forever and ever and ever. It's for all eternity. Eternity is no end. Just like eternal life, there is no end. You will be with God in heaven forever and ever and ever. A blessed, holy life where there's no more sin. Sin will not be able to enter heaven. There's no death. There's no sickness. There's no sorrow. No tears. Just the joy of being in the presence of God and everything that you need is there. That's what God wants to do. But you've got to let Him do it. And the only way you can do it is by believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that He died for your sins and He arose, you shall be saved. I love, I said it the other night, Romans 10, 13. Who 
whosoever. I don't care who you are, what you've done, where you've been, who you've been with. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm, I'm glad he didn't put stipulations there. Oh, if you've done this or if you've done that, don't even call on me. No, he says, whosoever. Whosoever. We're all whosoever's. We're all whosoever's. But he's made the way, and all we have to do is say yes. I'm going to ask the band to come up if they will. If you're here today, if you've never accepted Christ, I'm going to ask you. We've got altars here to please. Receive them into your life. You know, I've said it time and time again, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but there's many people who left their house this morning to go to church even, or maybe visit a church, go to work, or whatever. They're not going to get back home today. This is going to be their last day here on this earth. Many people, it could be heart attack, car wrecks, whatever. We don't know. But there's one thing we do know, or should know, that if God is in our life, it don't make any difference or you're homebound. Amen. You're homebound. You're going to be in heaven. But there's so many people today, they say there are just thousands upon thousands of people who die every day, not knowing that they're going to die. We don't know our day. But God does. If you feel a real tugging at your heart, maybe you better think about what God has told you. Maybe God's trying to prepare you. Maybe he's getting you ready. Hey, your time is close. I've been with people in hospitals and things like that. I've seen people accept the Lord Jesus Christ in the hospital, on, the hosp on their bed. And just a day or so later, or maybe even quicker than that, they went home to be with the Lord. I've seen people that were just so near death but God gave them that extra day. They kind of returned to normal. They talked to people. They greeted people. They said hi and goodbye to family that come in to see them. They said, oh, he's doing so much better. I never said a word. I've seen it. God gave them that opportunity to either receive him as their Lord and Savior before they pass, he gave the people time. He gave this person time to make amends to family and friends and say goodbye to them. We don't know when our day is. But God says he knows the day of our birth, he knows the day of our death, and he knows every hair on your head. There's not anything that God does not know. Trust in his word. Believe what he says. He's warning us now and just like many times I've had people say, well, if your God is so loving, why does he send anybody to hell? I just look at them and say, God didn't send anybody to hell. You sent yourself. You sent yourself. He gave you the opportunity to go to heaven, but you wouldn't accept, you wouldn't accept his son. He said, no way. You'll spend eternity in hell. He's not going to force you to receive him. He's not going to force you to do anything in your life. He said he gave you a free will. You make your own choices. Some of the choices I've seen people make are not good. And some of the choices I've seen are life-changing. When you get God in your life, 
you're going to see such a change. The way you walk, the way you talk, the way you live, the things you used to do, are, they don't mean nothing to you anymore. All of a sudden, you're a new creation in God. All the old has passed away, everything now has become new because of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask the band, if they will, to play. If you need to come to the altar, I'm going to be down front. If you just need prayer, if you just would like to, you're going through something, you, or uh, maybe you just want to be prayed for for a, a, an illness or sickness or something going on in your life, I'll stand in agreement with you. I'll pray with you that God will hear you and touch you. If you need Jesus Christ, I'll also pray with you. If you just would like to come to the altar and pray, thank the Lord for all he's done. The altars are open.